What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachelki. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom show, Tyler and I will recap both the AFC and NFC championship games. We'll also talk about some of the head coaching vacancies that have recently been filled and Tom Brady's retirement. All this and more on episode 232 of the TSK show coming up right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 232 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own... Tyler Pacholke, what's up, TP? How are you, man? Uh, I heard uh, Team Nine went four zero yeah, yesterday. Baby. I'm still riding the high. <laughs> that are, two weeks in a row. We're on fire. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, eight and the last two weeks. Fourteen and two the last four weeks. God damn. Yeah, dude, it's it's fucking great. It's uh, it's so fun. Um, everybody at the lanes is so funny too, dude. We got so many people coming and watching. <laughs> well, and you guys like. And, and little peek behind the curtain. You guys came into a league as the newcomers, and you guys came in hot. And well, and we there were some stink eyes at well, first. Well, and, and we didn't. Jo- we like joined like the competitive league. We didn't join like the, the beer league. We didn't know. Yeah, like, you just signed up for a league. I signed up for a bowling league. I didn't, you know, think it was all this, and but it's been fun. Yeah, and we've and we've been we were getting better every week. So it's funny. Hey. Uh, and yeah, like yesterday was. Uh, uh, this this guy got like said something to one of us about like you know grabbing the ball but like, it was like during practice like you're not supposed to grab the ball if the other person's like in the lane you know Oh, okay like, yeah, yeah 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 it's Look, like a backswing thing a courtesy yeah but there's like 10 minutes of practice it's like kind of just throw your ball and like okay. get to the back of the line and like move through you know like a layup line but just trying to get quickly as, as soon you can. as that guy said something you know game hadn't even started yet it was over <laughs> it was over you see you're like See, this is why Michael Jordan is your favorite athlete. You don't need very much to tick you off to just yeah, motivate you the, to just want to beat somebody. The and, and we call ourselves the the bad the bad boy Pistons of bowling, and <laughs> we say people play our style of bowling. We don't we don't change our style of play. <laughs> oh man! But dude, I think we might be top top three, top four team in the in a twenty eight team league. Jeez! I think we next after this this week, and we're so gonna, we're gonna have we're in shooting distance of first place when you guys are bowling and the league is going on is every single lane filled up and that's the entire league for the night there's 28 lanes and there's 28 teams oh wow okay all right every lane every lane's packed every week uh and then 
and then uh, you play every team once. Twenty-seven week league, I, half a year. I want to come watch, but you guys have been doing so well that I don't want to be like the jinx. To, oh to- no, dude, no, it's not even like that. If you if you walked in there with us, you would think it was so funny. How many people <laughs> are like, "What's up?" You know, like. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah, Sweeney, Sweeney's in there. No, I know. You know I what know, I mean? But... And then like all the servers obviously love us. Oh yeah. You know, like. So all the employees are super cool. There's a bunch of, you know, I mean, a bunch of these teams have been like really good people too. Like it doesn't always go like how it went this week. <laughs> uh, we, I, I mean, we've legit made a lot of friends. It's, it's a good time. That's awesome. No, I mean, it's, it's been so it's just funny. funny how well we're doing. That's the kind of the funny part. And I mean, we've been playing now to where it's not like, you know, our handicap is, has been adjusted and plateaued essentially, you know? Right. Um, so it's, it's much more legit than our wins were, you know, three months ago. That's months so ago. crazy. All right, I'm gonna figure out uh, a, a, a night to come watch. Hey, you guys we are and... a show. <laughs> we me. walk out of there so hyped. <laughs> it's so funny. You couldn't tell us shit. Tyler, I've played on adult league basketball teams with you. I know you guys are a show. <laughs> oh, it's 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 a good time. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, enough about bowling. We got uh, a lot to talk about because there's there's a lot of news coming out of the NFL. And we got to recap both the AFC and NFC conference championships. But before we do all of that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Always Toyota. If you're into vintage Toyotas, especially from the 80s, whether you're buying, selling, collecting, refurbishing, anything vintage Toyota, you got to hit up my buddy Alan from Always Toyota. You can find them at, at Always Toyota on Instagram and alwaystoyota.com. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Straight cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them all go. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. the sermon bites great <laughs> don't you ever talk about me was that a skip bayless no who was it it was after the crabtree rant i know but but he was like saying so he was talking oh. to somebody about criticism of i mean it probably was skip bayless if it was uh, anybody i mean god damn it i wish i could remember that was it Great bite. I also got to update this with the with the new Rams going to the Super Bowl because yeah. they're going back to the no, Super Bowl. Those are, those are those are good bites. Yeah. Um. But all right, let's start, Tyler, uh, with recapping the AFC Championship game. The Bengals they upset the Chiefs on the road, twenty seven to twenty four in overtime in a game where they trailed twenty one to three at one point in the first half. They were down twenty one to ten at halftime. And they were able to hold the Chiefs to only three points in the second half and overtime. So just a, a stellar game by the by the Bengals defense. The game was tied at 21 heading into the fourth quarter. And then the Bengals led by three with six minutes to go in the game after rookie kicker Evan McPherson hit a 52-yard field goal. And then uh, Kansas City ties the game as time expires with a Harrison Butker um, field goal and a 14-play drive to end regulation. When the Chiefs, they they win the coin flip, everybody's thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. 
Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they win the coin flip. They're going to overtime. They're not going to give the other team uh, a chance. And the Bengals end up intercepting Mahomes on a tip pass on third down in overtime. And then Evan McPherson goes on to hit a game-winning 31-yard field goal to send the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. I want to save talking about the Bengals and and what to expect from them in the Super Bowl and all of that for a little bit later and, and more next week because, I mean, we got the Pro Bowl this weekend and it's not the Super Bowl. And, I mean, yep. we, we got to stretch out content. Let's be real here, Tyler. It's the very end of the football season. <laughs> yes, but, um, no, I'd rather I'd – rather, Give the the Bengals their just yeah. due and give them their own episode yeah. uh, next week and, and talk about them being in the Super Bowl against the Rams next week. Um, but really what I want to know from you, Tyler, uh, from your perspective, what went wrong for the Chiefs in that Bengals game? I just I think this game perfectly summarized the Chiefs season where we didn't know which Chiefs team was going to show up each week. And yes, I know they ended up going 12 and five and winning their division and having uh, one of the top seeds. I believe they were the second seed in the AFC this year. Um, so it, it it's like, yes, they, they had a, a pretty normal quote-unquote chief season, but it really wasn't all that normal. No, I mean, they str- the we, we talked about, you know, we were still ranking teams at the, the top of the year, and they were, we were, I, I kept them in the top 10 a couple weeks, even with like a losing record, I yeah. think. Um, just you know, they were always a threat, but they they kind of stumbled out the gates, and they were coming off of a Super Bowl loss where Tampa Bay uh, had like the perfect defensive game plan um, to essentially you know play play high, uh, play let everything in front of you, don't let Tyreek get over the top, and force Mahomes to kind of check down and be patient. So that that formula worked, uh, and then you know as far as like it going, what went wrong for them is, is like fucking joe burrow went wrong for them well it really was i don't really i really do think it was the Bengals. i think the chiefs did you know for the most part it came down to um that very last offensive drive where they kicked a field goal to to tie it yeah i mean they should have won they should have got a touchdown that drive yeah and that that defensive call uh on on third down where they dropped eight into coverage hendrix was a quarterback spy yep mahomes so eight Eight, dropping eight, that means you have five eligible receivers. That means these receivers are working five versus eight. I mean, it's tough to get open in this scenario. Uh, it was just like the perfect call. And then Hendricks uh, played, you know, played with instincts, essentially. And he yeah. was the quarterback's guy. And he made the play that I think won the Bengals the game. You know, uh, obviously Mahomes had the, the opportunity in overtime to win it. But I mean, they went three pass plays. All three went, looked bad. Yeah, I mean, it just yeah, seemed it was, like it, it was, was two was straight rattled. incompletions and then an interception. It, it seemed like he was. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if he was. He's Patrick Mahomes. You know, it's not easy to rattle this guy. But I mean, the first, the, their first three plays looked bad, and they were passing plays. It was in Mahomes' hands. You want to talk about Mahomes being rattled, so, Tyler? Mahomes is. He's now zero two when leading by fourteen or more points against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. He's yeah. thirty nine and two against all and, other teams. And why I want to, you know. And, you know, I'll go come back to the Bengals being the point of what went wrong for the Chiefs is, you know, they had – this is kind of – this is a coaching call. I mean, you, you play you play safe when you have a big lead. They had a good lead. You know what I mean? They yeah, weren't – they were 21-3. to three. They, So, you know, they weren't kind of – I feel like they took their pedal – their foot off the gas a little bit. Oh, for sure. They took 
Took their foot um, off the gas. So, you know, they played the right game plan with uh, with the score in mind. The Bengals just happened to be they're, – they're on a tear. They're the hottest team. They've been the hottest team in the league for the last month. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is so, a case of. I really. The Chiefs are still kind of the team to beat to me in the AFC. Um, I don't know. And, if the, you, and I, the Bengals got it. You got to go through Mahomes, as and that's been the case the last four years. Um, they're still. They're, I just think that they ran into a Bengals team that is red fucking hot, and uh, it came down to I think that that one play by Hendricks kind of sealed the game. Yeah, and then I mean, listen, the the Bengals have one have had one of the best pass defenses all year and they made those Kansas City receivers work in that game and to pick off Patrick Mahomes in overtime of the AFC championship game I mean that's crazy they also talked uh before the game started because I believe it was the first three drives they scored on the Chiefs um yeah but they talked in in one of the pregame specials they talked I mean a lot of people know this you script out a certain amount of plays Usually your first 10 to 15 plays. They call it the first 15. And and then the Bengals, uh, like a defensive philosophy, has survived the script, right? So you know they're going to throw the kitchen sink at you. That's when Tyreek and Kelsey are going to move all over the field. Uh, They're going to be ready to go with those plays. And they got crushed in those plays. And then with the adjusting, the adjustment, uh, once once you got past that point in the game, it was all Bengals for the rest of the game. I mean, they made the adjustments. They made the plays. Uh, they they got the momentum back. They didn't they didn't you know they didn't crumble uh, down you know down big, which says a lot about the Bengals. Uh, no, for how team, young of a team a spe- they are. This is a special team. You know, they I haven't seen a ton of a ton of teams like this. And I I honestly was talking to Corey about how much this team reminded me of the Seahawks, Legion of Boom, almost like so young, you know, so stacked right here, new team on fire, like playing kind of a hundred miles an hour and don't. Don't know what you don't know. You know, they're yeah. they're almost playing just they don't know how well they're playing. You know what I mean? It's like they're not even scared of any moment right now. Well, and uh, I mean the with, Bengals are 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 what went wrong with the Chiefs. With Joe Burrow walking in the way he did with that chain, those yeah. glasses, I mean See the glasses, man. Joey Ice. I'm not uh, I I uh I like I like Burrow, but the glasses, man, those are those gotta go. <laughs> but no, I mean I think it really came down to the fact that the Bengals beat the Chiefs. It wasn't like the Chiefs beat themselves or it was the the Bengals played a better football game that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they did. They did. I mean, those first those first three drives for Kansas City were were great. They scored, but the Bengals had resolved. They and they came back and did the damn thing. And so really, you know, talking about the Chiefs in this game, I think it was the Bengals. Yeah. The Bengals kind of did it. Definitely. Now, all right, let's let's move on to the NFC Championship. The Rams, they won at home against the 49ers 20-17 to after coming back from being down 17-7 to heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, they scored uh, 13 points unanswered in the fourth quarter. Sean McVay finally gets a win over his mentor, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, it was an incredible show of grit, in my opinion, by the Rams after Sean McVay almost shot them in the foot uh, one too many times with some questionable play calls and challenges uh, that left the Rams with one timeout uh, for the majority of the second half, uh, as well as a couple drop passes by Cooper Cup where he just takes his eye off the ball as he's catching it, and like he just turns his head and tries to make a move too quick. It's and classic. It's, yeah, it's yeah, keep your eye on the ball. Classic fundamental. Like Watch it in. 
Yes, exactly. Like you got to see ball, get ball, and then make your move to go. Uh, just has just, no one told him this, you know? Like what the hell? I mean, hey, the the receiving triple crown king. You would think <laughs> he would know that, um, but um, it happens. And then I mean, Ben Skoronek dropped a surefire touchdown wide open in the end zone on just an absolute dime from Matt Stafford. Dropped it in a in a bucket basically, and just I mean, Ben Skoronek had butterfinger popcorn <clears throat> hands. It was big moments are tough to you know. That's why these. These stars that perform in big moments are legends. Yeah, but at the end of the day, all that matters was the stars made plays when they needed to most. Even And listen, some unsung heroes stepped up as well. Matthew Stafford led a phenomenal fourth quarter comeback like he's done so many times in his career, and this time it happened to be on the biggest stage that he's ever done it on. My boy. <laughs> Aaron Donald obviously most notably sealed the game for the Rams by getting to Jimmy G, forcing him to basically make like a Carson Wentz type yeah. uh, flip. And uh, Travin Howard ended up getting the the interception to to seal the game, and he stepped up big time for the Rams the past couple of weeks as as their secondary has been banged up in the playoffs. Um, Jalen Ramsey had two pass deflections and dropped two could have been interceptions, so he was obviously on fire. He held um, um, Debo Samuel to zero catches when he was uh, targeted by him, or excuse me, not Debo Samuel, just entirely he held anybody to uh, zero catches when he was on anybody in coverage. Um, Cooper Cup caught both of the Matthew Stafford touchdowns, so that was pretty cool. Um, obviously, he could have had a third one, but Stafford ends up getting uh, picked off in the end zone. And, and when that happened, everybody that was a Rams fan was just like, oh, no, is this is this the game where it happens? And uh, luckily, it didn't happen. Fred Warner also hit Matthew Stafford with a cheap shot after that, and uh, I, I don't think that was talked about enough. Uh, I don't know if you saw it after, but it was a, it was a cheap shot from behind. It, it was not good. Um, but Cooper Cup had 11 receptions, 142 yards, two touchdowns. Odell Beckham Jr., huge game from him, nine receptions, 113 yards. His first 100-yard receiving game since week nine of uh, – or I, I believe it was week six of 2019. So just unbelievable that he went that long without 100-plus receiving yards. Um, Kendall Blanton had a huge game stepping up for Tyler Higby after he went down. Uh, Eric Weddle played 100% of the defensive snaps and led the team in tackles. Just, I mean, he was on the couch three weeks ago. So just crazy what Eric Weddle's been doing. <laughs> no, he, he has been. Uh, <laughs> it's incredible that he's contributing to the game. Yeah. And then um, did you see this, the hit Nick Scott had on uh, Debo Samuel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just completely laid no, the boom. No, I mean, these division games are just, they're going to be physical. Football yeah, this, this is the third time these teams have played each other. Obviously, the rivalry. And of, it's been a its been a crazy streak. I mean, the Niners yeah. have just had the number. Yeah, no, no. I mean, Sean McVay is now 1-6 <laughs> against yeah, the, the yeah. 49ers. That was a big one to get off of his back. But uh, enough about enough about the Rams, because like I said, we'll, we'll talk about them and the Bengals next week and, and what that matchup looks like. Uh, I want to talk about the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan in his last three playoff losses, Tyler, as a head coach or offensive coordinator in the fourth fourth quarter, he's been outscored 19 to nothing in the Super Bowl against the Patriots as the Falcons offensive coordinator, 21 to nothing in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs as the 49ers head coach in 2019, and now 13 to nothing against the Rams in the NFC Championship, which means his teams have been outscored a combined 53 to nothing in their last three playoff losses in the fourth quarter. What do you think the future holds for the San Francisco 49ers after this loss to the Rams? I mean, 
Kyle Shanahan, is he who we Those are all, tough. I mean, that's tough. Those are those are tough numbers. Those it, are three great performances, too. I mean, those are not against any slouches. We're talking no, that's Tom Brady, Brady Mahomes, Mahomes, and, and Stafford. Yeah. Those are, you know, those are tough. Those are tough to swallow. You want to, obviously, the zeros, the, the tough part, but uh, when honestly, you're, when I, don't you're supposed to... I don't think they were supposed to be here. I mean, I think they overachieved. No, the 49ers, team. exactly, were not supposed and, to be here. And I, I honestly, I'm always surprised at what he can do with the roster that he has, and, and he gets the most out of his guys. I, I think he's actually a really good coach, and, I mean, San Francisco... It's kind of in a weird place where they they overachieved. Now, like the Jimmy G thing is weird, but they drafted this quarterback. Right. I think it's kind of uh, I think it's dumb for them to move on with Jimmy G right now. It seems it seems like uh, you know just keep it rolling if you can. I think it's I think though it's like just it, they've just gone as far as they can go with Jimmy G. Yeah. No. But uh, I mean, fuck, he's been to a Super Bowl and in, in an NFC Championship game with them. But he hasn't won a ring for him. But yeah, I mean, but not a lot of guys have. So it's it's tough. You, you're getting close. You know, you're in play. You're a contender. Yeah, uh, I and mean, you don't know you don't know when you're gonna find another guy that allows you to be a contender. But regardless, I still understand like why they would that why they're getting rid of him. They've got a young guy waiting. From from an outsider's perspective, like not as a 49ers fan, it's like it, it doesn't make sense why they would move on from Jimmy G with the success that they've had, but. It's just I don't think it was Jimmy G before is before the success. Exactly. It's like what once they lost the Super Bowl and there were the questions uh surrounding his future with the team then, it was yeah. like it's it's kinda like the yeah. the, the, the yeah. clock is ticking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's gonna be I think he's gonna be a good get for somebody. Uh and and I think Kyle Shanahan's gonna be coaching that team next year. I think Kyle, yeah, I I mean I think and, Kyle Shanahan is going to be coaching that team. They're next a dangerous year. team. I mean they have they have an extremely good defense, and then their offense is just full of. If Trey Lance is their quarterback next year, with guys like Hughescheck, Kittle, and Debo Samuel's, they can do so many different things. That that's a that's a good looking start. Do you think Trey Lance is the answer? I haven't seen him play enough to, yeah, to exactly. know that. So I mean, but they know. I mean they they've seen You'd this hope kid. They know. They, they've seen this kid work for a year. Uh, you know, if they go out there and get a free agent, that'll tell us a, you know, a free agent that they plan on starting. That'll tell us a lot. Uh, if they go out and they get a veteran to be this backup, that makes sense. Yeah, I just I'm I'm very interested to see what happens in I would say in San Francisco I would say just because we have to play them. Uh, and and I would say it's like you know go after like the big name, but if you don't get him, you got to go with Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Rodgers is going to go to them just after everything that... No, no, I mean, he has a beef with that franchise, but never say never, you know what I mean? Brett Favre played for the Vikings, so anything, anything <laughs> yeah. can happen. He also played for the Jets. Yeah, but I mean, the Vikings were his... No, his arch rival for, yeah. for years. No, yeah, I know. So, um, I, I I like the 49ers, what what they got as a core moving forward. And really, you know, if if they do have any belief in Trey Lance, they're set up well. Yeah, no, it's it's honestly, I mean, they're taking a page out of a lot of other teams' book right now, Not where just, they have a young quarterback and they're surrounding them with talent. Yeah, and try and push now, and they have a yeah. great core. They have a great core to work around him. Uh, and then um, I think Najee Harris, uh -huh. uh, a running back for the Steelers, put out a list of guys that you would like to play with. Uh, and it, already, yeah, yep, and and <laughs> okay. And, and it went it went Rodgers, 
Deshaun Watson. Oh, okay. I guess because it's it's Roethlisberger's not yeah. retired. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rogers, I, Rogers, Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and he specifically tweeted about Jimmy Garoppolo. Said this this dude could be my quarterback anytime. And I think Jimmy G is a great fit because he's a game manager. He's not a guy that's going to win. He wins games. His teammates, his teammates, and former teammates from the Patriots all speak very highly of him. Yeah, I, I think that he gets kind of a, an unfair you know bit at it all i think people are pretty harsh on him yeah and i, I mean, hate the niners i so. mean you saw you, you saw what debo samuel tweeted before the nfc championship game he was like i don't understand why jimmy g gets all this disrespect yeah he's he's a winner he's just he gets disrespect because individually his statistics aren't jumping off the page he's a game manager he's never gonna win you the you know put we're not he gonna threw his first two touchdowns of the postseason in the nfc championship we're not gonna game put our, you know we're not gonna put the team on jimmy's back and he's gonna carry us there but if you have a great surrounding cast like they do, he's not going to lose you games either. Yeah. Uh, and those are, those are classic game manager quarterbacks that can be be effective and win Super Bowls. Now, real quick, before uh, we move on, we have to talk about the dropped interception. I was going to say, Jaqu- uh, Tart, uh, yeah. Jaquaski. Yeah. Is that, am I saying it right? Jaquaski, I, I, I believe. I think so. Tart uh, is his last name, though. Tart, yes. yeah. That, I mean... That's what these games where they say it's a game of inches. Uh, Literally. That, you know, any given Sunday, all those kind of like cliche things. But that That's what it's all about right there. That shows you. And I don't want to put that on him. No, and shout out you to know, him. Because, he handled it very well after. Yeah, because there was there's 60 minutes of football to be played. Um, it's not. It doesn't come down to one play. Right. And he, but, t- he tweeted but like. That is that was a very that was a very costly and timely play. No, that's what literally sealed it for the Rams. And, and and my stomach dropped when that happened because I knew what, like, this, the, A, he was going through, and B, what stat, you know, like, wow, you know, I, I want, so I, I'm like, hope, you know, rooting for Stafford so much. I want, I want him to get all the success. It was like my stomach dropped when that, when that pass was coming in. Oh, and then like again, a- when he drops it, you know, because it's like, oh, fuck, it's an interception. Oh, shit. It's, <laughs> it's it, he not- dropped it. Yeah. I mean, that was a, incredible incredible play in a bad way yeah and i mean impactful play and in in nfl history and if you would have caught the interception it almost would have been like a punt for the Rams. so it's like okay it's like not the worst thing in the world but the fact that he drops it it, it's it changes everything no yeah it was the game Uh, i i think i think it's safe to say most football players in that in that time and that momentum and that you know that was ball game. Yeah, and he's gonna unfortunately have to live with that for the rest of his life. No, I hope he can get past it. Those, he, but those are the kind of things, like, those are the kind of things that stay with you for life. Yeah, I mean, especially if the Rams go on and win the Super Bowl, it's gonna be really, you know, and even if he, more so, like, it, it's a historic play in a bad way. If he comes back next year and let's say he has a bad statistical year or whatever, it's like. People are gonna say yeah. like he's been thinking about that. Like that, it's just always gonna come back up for him. But to his credit, he did tweet after the game that he's not gonna let it. He's gonna do his best not to let it affect him and all of that. It's gonna make him yeah. stronger, all of that. And like he's taking it in stride. He knows that like the magnitude of what happened and like he understands. And, that, and that's it. what he has to do. But the 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 honest truth is, we're not gonna know until he he puts the pads on in a in a real game. Yeah, it's. But he's, just, uh, he's, I, I think you're right. He has a good attitude. He, he's got a good mindset. So, I'm, I mean, I'm rooting for him as an athlete in general. That That's a tough one to, to live with. Yeah. 
I mean, that's like J.R. Smith s. Yeah, the t- yeah the the timeout. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it's what you know. Oof. Just just a lapse in concentration for a millisecond. You know, can cause a drop ball. Yeah, but it now kind of kind of changing subjects real quick but about the rams 49ers game i did get to watch it with my grandpa down at, in orange county at his at his house we were cleaning out their house because they're trying to move and clean out a whole bunch of stuff i, I was sending you a whole bunch of, of pictures yeah. of, of memorabilia and stuff that, that my grandpa has you were living the american pickers dream <laughs> so my dream he had um he had assigned football from the entire 1976 los angeles rams team assigned football from the uh, 1974 team assigned chin strap from Jack Youngblood. All the, all this crazy. Our grandparents, our, our grandparents' generations, um, the ones that were sports fans, like they just had it. They had it like in a golden era where you had kind of the availability to get that stuff. Yeah, you know, like it was my, a lot more accessible back then. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. There wasn't the eBay resale. Like you got it and kept it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was like a story every time you brought it up. Right. And, uh, well, and my grandpa was a season ticket holder for like 20, 30 years. So it's like yeah. he got to go to a lot of events and stuff put on by the yep, team yep, and, and just yep. get to do a lot of stuff. So he my, has. My grandma was the same way. And it was always just like, how did you just like get all this stuff? You know? I, and I had never seen this stuff before. Yeah. No, that's, that's going to be me someday. I'm going to have a. I'm going to have some kid going through all my <laughs> shit like, holy cow, why do you have all this? But no, it was it was just really cool getting to see the Rams advance to the Super Bowl uh, with my grandpa and like we were sitting on his uh, on his couch and the way like his couch was set up, there's like a big like long portion where I was like kind of laying down. And when Aaron Donald basically sacked Jimmy G and and the Rams got the interception, I don't know how, but I'd like sprung up off the couch and like jumped up in a way like I, I have no idea how my does body contorted that way. A, does he think you're a psychopath for tweeting during the game? Yes, it's a, he, does he it doesn't drive, understand does it. Does he just drive you nuts? It doesn't drive him nuts. He just doesn't understand it. He's like, how can you watch and like do it yeah. both at the same yeah. time? And it's I don't like, understand it. I'm with your grandpa. <laughs> I'm more on his side of the fence. <laughs> but no, it's it was really cool getting to getting to watch the game with him. And then um, before we uh, move on to the the coaching carousel that we, that we wanted to talk about. I just had some quick fun facts for the for the Super Bowl just to kind of get us in the spirit uh, of the Super Bowl. And we'll, we'll talk, obviously, more about the game next week. Uh, but the Bengals, they are now 3-0 and in the AFC Championship game, and it's their first Super Bowl appearance uh, for the Bengals since uh, Super Bowl 23, which was uh, January 22nd, 1989. So that's, uh, I believe, 33 seasons now. Yep. Only reason I know that is or no, 33. 33. I was born like three months before that Super Bowl. Oh, there you go. 33. Uh, they have a total of three playoff wins in 31 years. Uh, so all three of those were this year. Uh, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, and then the, the fourth team in NFL history to go from winning four or fewer games in one season to making it to the Super Bowl the next season the 88 Bengals were the other team to do it, the 99 Rams, and then the 2019 49ers, and then Joe Burrow is the first number one overall pick to start a Super Bowl in his first two seasons. Also, there's only been two quarterbacks uh, ever to win a national title in a Super Bowl, so he could be number three. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. And, and I I want to say it's the first matchup between two number one picks. 
No. Or it's like there's only been like three couple matchups of number one picks. Cam Newton, Peyton Manning were one of them. Yeah. And then there was like maybe one more. Uh, but it's like a rare it's rare to get two number one picks uh, matched up. And then yeah, Joe Namath and Joe Montana are the only two to to win a national championship in a Super Bowl. Yep. Damn. That's hey, all the Joes. Joes. Yeah. Damn. How crazy is that? <laughs> Damn. And then yeah. uh for the Rams, this is the Rams second Super Bowl appearance since moving back to Los Angeles in twenty sixteen. Uh so that's six years, two Super Bowl appearances. And then this is their second Super Bowl appearance in four years as well. They uh, went to the Super Bowl uh, in 2018 and lost to the Patriots uh, in disappointing fashion mm. when they had the best offense that's and only a, put up That's the only nine way points. you lose to the Patriots is in disappointing fashion. But what's crazy is they only had one winning season between 2002 and 2016. They were 4-12 and the first year they were in Los Angeles. They fired Jeff Fisher with three games left in the season. And then that offseason, they hired Sean McVay when he was 30 years old. He just turned 36 a couple of weeks ago. And since taking over the Rams five years ago, they've never had a losing season. They've been to the playoffs four times. They've won the NFC West Division three times. And now they've won the NFC Conference Championship twice. So just a complete franchise overhaul turnaround he, uh, since uh, Sean McVay became the head coach. Him getting that team at that time was just the perfect kind of events. You yeah. Know, it was the perfect storm. Um, you know, golf, he got golf in his second year. So, you know, you got he you know, he didn't have to work through him with that rookie year. You got he had Gurley there and and his offense really just changed the franchise. Oh, uh, without McVay, a doubt. McVay's style of play changed everything. And the and the uh, front office going and get guys that fit his system. Yeah, yeah, they got they got Woods, they got Cup, um, they had uh, uh, they they've signed free agents that that fill that spot that other spot. Um, they moved on with, from Gurley at the right time, which was a tough call at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but it turned out to be the right call. And and uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been a great run, and it was it really was just the the perfect storm of events leading to to this run. And now being in LA with some success, it's just it's going to be easier to sustain now. Yeah, that's I mean, what you need. McVeigh's got McVeigh's got a a system in place, and so anyone that wants to come live in LA and play in that system, they're going to be the best draw, best draw in the league. And they know what they're signing up for. Um, yeah, well, and, and you're going to be you're going to be a contender for sure. Um, so McVeigh, he could be one of those guys that's. I mean, because he started so young, I was thinking about this. Like, if he coached forty, you know, if he coached to Pete Carroll's age, he could coach in like four or five decades. That's crazy. I mean, I mean, Bel of, Belichick's think, coming up on that. Yeah, think of. I mean, think of McVeigh coaching. You know, the Super Bowl in twenty forty five. He's 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 not, he's not even going to be sixty years old. Damn. I mean, we got. Uh, I mean, Pete Carroll's in his seventies. That just blew my mind. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I thought you know because. Because every now and then, uh, Bayheim and Chisetsky, I think, were what, like, popped this idea in my head because it was, like, unbelievable that these guys, like, coached this these, like, universities in the, you know, 70s and 80s. Well, think about this, Tyler. Zach Taylor, the, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, he was the former quarterbacks coach for the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl in 2018. Then he gets hired as the Bengals head coach. Now he's facing Sean McVay in the Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl, excuse me, uh, this is the youngest, 
yeah, coaching yeah. matchup in the in the history of the Super Bowl. Zach Taylor's thirty eight and Sean McVay's only thirty six. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's uh, it's it's cool to see that these young coaches doing well. There's a there's a great crop of young coaches in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But we'll we'll talk more about the matchup between the Bengals and the Rams next week and what we think is going to happen on the field. Uh, I'll just I'll give you a little preview right now. I'm I'm not as I think over the moon as I think some people might think I am. I'm I'm I think I'm pretty even keeled about the Super Bowl right now. I I, I, I'd I don't. Be, I'd be fucking nervous if I was you, <laughs> that's, dude. I I mean I don't like what I I don't like this other team getting off the bus. Like, that's that's what I'm. It's uh, it's it's gonna be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. excited. Yeah, no, Jinx. great. great. I, I, <laughs> you already bought me a soda tonight, just, so you yeah. don't ask. Me, <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, no, man, Joe Joe Burrow. You know, I wasn't a huge Joe Burrow fan, but I he's won you over. Yeah, man. I mean, how just, can he not? Just, just a gamer, dude. Just a gamer, a winner. Uh, it's been and it's been super fun to watch. Yeah, but all right, let's uh let's move on now and and talk about this coaching carousel going on in the NFL. There were nine head coaching vacancies, Tyler, uh, before uh, we we or since we last recorded. Uh, a few of them have been filled. I want to start with the Giants. Uh, the Giants, they have hired Brian Dable, the the Bills offensive coordinator, as their new head coach. They hired Bills assistant uh, GM Joe Schoen to be their new GM. Obviously, the the connection with Buffalo was there, and um, obviously they, th- they thought that, that that would be a good fit. Now, forget about the, the fit of Brian Dable as the head coach for a second of the Giants. There's some other news surrounding this hire uh, because there was a 58-page lawsuit brought about by Get him. Brian Flores, God, former head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's brought this lawsuit against the NFL, the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins, and the Denver Broncos. The lawsuit alleges that the Dolphins owner tried to bribe Flores with $100,000 for every loss that the Dolphins would have had in 2019. And then the owner also wanted Brian Flores to tamper, allegedly, to try and recruit an unnamed quarterback in the winter of 2020, which a lot of reports are now speculating was Tom Brady to the Dolphins. Obviously, that was uh, the the offseason where Tom Brady was a free agent. He left New England. He ends up with a with another South Florida team, uh, actually, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we all know how that went. The lawsuit also alleges that the Giants only interviewed Brian Flores this offseason for their head coaching position solely to be compliant with the Rooney rule after scheduling – uh, a second interview with the team, Brian Flores received a, a text message from Bill Belichick congratulating him on the on the Giants job. And Brian Flores responded to Bill Belichick like, did you hear something? I, I didn't because I, I haven't had my interview yet kind of thing. And basically, Bill Belichick ends up fessing up and to saying, thinking he's he's texting Brian Dable and Basically, the screenshot read, quote, sorry, I, I fucked this up. I double-checked and misread the text. I think they're naming Brian Dable. I'm sorry about that. Um, BB. Yes, he signed it BB. <laughs> and Brian Flores responds just, thanks, Bill. And yeah, 
So Bill did that dirty dog. Well, well, we'll get to it. So he he also alleges in 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 the lawsuit that the Broncos in 2019 uh, they interviewed Brian Flores for their head coaching position when they ended up hiring Vic Fangio. Um, but he says that the Broncos only interviewed him to be compliant with the Rooney rule and the Broncos <laughs> brass showed up completely hungover and disheveled and were like an hour late to the meeting. Uh, so this is a huge bombshell for, for the NFL. And for those that don't know what the Rooney rule is, is basically a rule in the NFL where teams have to interview at least two minority uh, coaches or minority candidates, excuse me, for positions like head coaches, GMs. Like it's recently been expanded to uh, head coaches, GMs, but it was mainly for coordinators and, and assistant coaches. And it's recently been expanded to head coaches and GMs. So basically, Brian Flores is basically saying he's only getting interviews to fill quota. Exactly. So Brian Flores is essentially jumping on a grenade for not only himself, but a lot of other minority coaches in the NFL right now. And I just, this is, this is one, not going to go away. And it just shows that one people are fed up and two, there's, there's a problem in the NFL. And I mean, he was fired this season after this season after coaching the Dolphins to their first back-to-back winning season since 2003. And he's not only seen himself, but other minority coaches get passed up for jobs just because they don't belong to that good old boys club that we all, and like we all know and well is in the NFL. Like it's, it's like a very loud secret of of what the NFL is. So it's like this, it's, it's crazy that when it comes to ownership, and and the hiring process. Well, and, and I think the coaches essentially and too because it's, management and but I think coaches too because you see coaches from like other coaching trees bringing other guys along to new jobs or other guys yeah. getting promoted over yeah. other guys be, no, just because point. of who they've they're been point. under. No, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's a problem in the NFL that I think a lot of people already knew about. Now it's just it's being brought to the you know to the very forefront to the very forefront in a legal way too uh i mean he he that's a lot of evidence and and, and i think it's going to be a lot of damning evidence and this is this is a this is linked to you know this is going to be linked to the kaepernick situation for the rest of this this run probably because you know he's suing the nfl uh which essentially you know kind of got got colin blackballed from the nfl essentially it almost screwed al davis too so this is uh this is not a good look for the NFL. But I think you what know, a, coming off we had the John Gruden stuff this year as well. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's a volatile time and I think everybody everybody's fed up with this type of behavior and it's going to be something where I think people are actually going to stand up and band together and we're going to see some we're going to see some changes. Uh it's going to be tough to make them happen this year with only 3, you know, 3 3 head coaching jobs left. Yeah, uh, that's, but and I think Brian Flores I mean, is basically he's he's ending at, his coaching career too. Yeah, that's that's what I was you know kind of meant with the whole Kaepernick point. It's like you know when you said jumping on a bombshell, that's what he's doing. You know he he is kind of setting himself up to be. It's gonna be tough to hire him, and and you know I don't think he should take a coordinator job. You know that just doesn't seem right. I think standing he's strong got thirteen is the, more wins than four of these other guys combined as a head coach 
that have already been hired for other jobs. And I think he was only fired from the Dolphins after this season because he was insubordinate to ownership and not yeah, taking those say, bribes. He, should, he shouldn't have been fired in the first place. He shouldn't be looking for a job. He should be right. the Dolphins head coach. And really, I mean, he is in the mix with every single coach, I think, that's been hired outside of Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, to me, was like the number one as far as the guys that's been signed. But right after that, Brian Flores lined up against all these other jokers. I mean, he's done the damn thing yeah. on Sundays for two years in a row with a team that was develop in a development stage. Dude, he led that defense. So, uh no, I and I've been a huge I was a huge fan of that that defense last year. I thought that they had a great great momentum with with new guys coming up in their system, their guys. Uh and then this year, you know, it it was a it was an up and down season literally. Yeah. Uh but still, I mean, he he produced wins and and I I admire him for for Continuing the win, not tanking. Yeah, uh, I think there's a uh, got a lot of respect for that, and I also, you know, the most respect for him suing the NFL over this stuff because if people don't push the needle and push the agenda, nothing's ever going to get done. It can't just be you know slogans on the back of helmets and slogans on the end zone and t-shirts. Hundred percent. You know, this is the same thing we talked about with the NBA. It can't just be that kind of stuff. We have to see you know real change in. I mean that this is damning evidence, you know. Oh, to, it's bad. It's damning evidence to something that we already knew happened. We didn't even need evidence to understand what was going on. We didn't need to see the numbers, but the numbers made it more damning. No, it's just like, what are you going to do now? Uh, and I and I hope that I hope that they they go all the way with it, and, and there's no like settlement or anything like that. That's easy for me to say because I'm yeah. not <laughs> I'm not in that position. Um, but that's just what I hope. I hope to see you know everyone kind of stand up and stand against this this behavior. You know, because the NFL is looking at they got one black head coach. Mike Tom is the only one left right now. The league is seventy percent black, roughly uh, African American players. Yeah. So it's like this is it's it looks bad. I mean, and it is bad. You know, I don't understand how they can get away with this. It's uh, it's. <laughs> It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a bumpy ride and a long ride. It's going oh, to be drawn out for a long time. Yeah, this is not over at uh, all. Yeah, this is this is very this is re- literally just the beginning. Yep, and you know, and I think outside of Jacksonville, I don't, you know, Jacksonville I think is looking like they're going to sign Byron Leftwich uh, and then those well, I don't know about that because he's got He's got issues with the GM. He doesn't want the GM there. Yeah. Because he yeah, saw or, all the clowns that last or, weekend. Or the, or the owners, you know, like the, you know, you may not believe in ownership. So it's going to be interesting to see what these last three head coaching uh, jobs look like. Yeah. A lot of pressure. Now, I said that I think that Brian Flores was fired from the Dolphins for being insubordinate and uh, not wanting to do the tanking, not taking the $100,000 bribes per loss, all of that stuff. Obviously, I don't think that any of that can physically be proven. We know he wasn't fired because of his performance. Right. Now, you brought up <laughs> you brought up Bill Belichick being a, a dirty dog with that text message. Yeah, and I didn't mean that in a like in a in a way like you know, he he did something bad. I think that there and this is a little conspiracy theory. Uh, that's what that's the road I'm going down. It's is in that arena. It's in that arena, but I mean, he he He's been done dirty by the NFL in his eyes a lot, so he might be trying to. He put the top off. Maybe he was sick of that shit. And, yeah, you know. Uh, and and it, everybody knows Bill Belichick is one of the most meticulous, detailed like human beings in the world. It's like 
did he really think he was mistakenly texting Brian Dable over Brian Flores? I don't think so. And to get 58 pages ready to go, you know, I think there was, it's been, they've been working on this. Oh, they've for sure been working on this. Since he got fired. And Hugh Jackson came out earlier today and said that the the Cleveland Browns offered him a similar, uh, like similar offer to what Brian Flores got in Miami to tank games and, Lord knows if Hugh Jackson took that deal, he would have well, been a very and rich bull- man. And it's bullshit. And then they tank games, then you fire him, and you can use the win losses as, as the reasoning. It's 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 trap. You know, it's it's a bullshit trap. But what I'm most concerned about with this lawsuit, and I guess I shouldn't say most concerned about, but because obviously the Rooney Rule aspect of this lawsuit is the biggest deal of it. But I think that's just the a problem we've known about. The problem that's just coming to the surface with the bribing to lose games, with the aspect of now that's that, a whole nother. And uh, now that gambling is a part of push, sports, they're pushing game. I mean, the, the Dolphins, integrity the of Dolphins the game owner, is, is the Dolphins being put owner, in jeopardy. The Dolphins owner is going to lose that team. Yeah, he should. I mean, I think he's going to lose that team. It, he should. It, just, it seems like you know, it's like a Donald Sterling situation to me. If they can physically prove that he was trying to bribe Brian Flores to lose games. With $100,000 per loss, he should have to sell the team. Yeah, and it sucks because, you know, this is a billionaire again. Like, we're fighting billionaires versus millionaires. We're talking about owners versus players and coaches. Yeah. It's going to be tough to prove in, tough to prove in court, but everyone knows, you know, it's, it's hopefully the damage has been done enough to where they take this team away. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a wild. You know, especially with the gambling aspect of it. I mean, you are really playing with fire if – you are, you know, incentivizing losses and you're promoting people to gamble on these games. Yeah, no, it's literally putting the integrity of the sport in jeopardy. Gotta gotta maybe go lottery. I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I'm very I'm very interested to see where where this all leads to. If the NFL wasn't at the forefront of controversy, it just, you know, it wouldn't be an American it wouldn't be American sports. <laughs> But all right, uh, enough about the lawsuit. I want to get your thoughts real quick on on the actual hire of Brian Dable to the Giants. Obviously, being the Bills' offensive coordinator, I think what the Giants are tr- are thinking is by hiring the Bills' assistant GM to be their new GM, bringing in the Bills' offensive coordinator, tr- they're trying to replicate what the Bills did with Josh Allen now in New York with Daniel Jones. I'm not sure if it's going to work just because I don't think Daniel Jones is as talented of a quarterback as Josh Allen. No, but he's a similar style. I mean, exactly. he's, a, he's a mover. That's uh, that's where I I can see where the Giants are are thinking. And and if you can just get street clothes, Saquon street clothes, Barkley. Thank you for calling another athlete street. I got clothes. you. I got you. I knew you'd like that one. If they could just get him out of street clothes, you know, that's when that's when things really open up for an offense when they have to respect the run game. Your quarterback's moving on the edge a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, every, that defense pack's tied in and and down the field is open. So, you know, from that standpoint, it looks like a good hire. And every it's it's always a little weird when people hire coordinators because you don't really know, you know, like they just coached one offense and they did really good with this one group of right. players. But was it just the group of players or was it the guy? Right. McVay, it was, it was the guy, you know? So it's like... You got to take a shot and and try to you know develop a style of play, and that's that's a good that's a good route to go with the Giants. I mean, can't get much worse. Yeah, 
Now, all right, moving on to the Raiders. They have hired Josh McDaniels, the Patriots offensive coordinator and former head coach of the Denver Broncos and for a very split second, the Indianapolis Colts until he flipped that plane around. Um, And then they also hired Patriots personnel uh, executive Dave Ziegler as their new GM. So the Raiders are basically trying to take a a book out of the Patriots, a page out of the Patriots book, bring in Josh Daniels, the the heir apparent to Bill Belichick. They're bringing in their player executive who was very instrumental in drafting Mac Jones. I don't know what the future holds for Derek Carr now in uh, Oakland, Las Vegas. Um, But he's going to be there. He's going to be, he's going to be McDaniels guy. But I love this hire by the Raiders, the Patriots and the Bill Belichick tree. It's always been talked about as being very organized, very not militaristic, but there's a system and everybody knows their job. Everybody knows what to expect. And I think that's exactly what the Raiders need, especially after going through the season that they've been through. They need some like organization. Here's here's my thing with that. My, my, my whole thing is I hope that Josh, I think that McDaniels, you know, these, where these Patriots coaches and these Belichick guys go wrong is they try to install the Patriots in, in another place where you need to be, you need to take some of it, but you need to be your own guy. Yeah. And I really hope that McDaniel's this second run, you know, he had it, he had his go of it. Uh, he came back and learned for another ten years, uh, and now he's going to go give it another shot. He was way too young to be uh, the Denver head coach, but so he, I mean, I think he learned from that, and and I think that he's developed himself. I mean, he's ran the offense for 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 Belichick for years. I mean, years over a decade, so. I think he's going to be able to bring it, bring his offense and bring something that's about him too and, and be his own guy because trying to be Bill Belichick and trying to install the Patriots in other places, it just doesn't work. I mean, I just have never seen of all these different guys that have come through uh, underneath Belichick. They, there's no other like Patriots out there. And you know what I mean? There, there's never been that guy that installed uh, a Patriots type of, uh, of, I don't know, you know, um, culture yeah so i hope that he goes in and tries to be a part of this team and, and the, like these guys need I, I these guys need a leader you know they need leadership and they're ready to win these are a competitive group of guys there's a incredibly gritty group of guys to go through what they went through this last season and still make a playoff run that's it's unbelievable so they've got talent they've got the you know the will the grit uh mcdaniels just needs to go and embrace all that and and you know, give him part of what he knows, but you know, build something new there. Yeah. So don't, I, don't try to be Belichick. You know, I think that's my main point is you know, don't try to install the Patriots culture somewhere there else. Install McDaniel's culture. Yeah. All right. Now the Broncos they hired Nathaniel Hackett, the pa- the, the the Patriots, the Packers offensive coordinator. Obviously, I think that's a very one track minded move. Yeah. They're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams is also probably going to be a free agent he doesn't want that franchise tag from green bay if aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there um the the broncos are obviously all in on aaron Rodgers, and that's that's clearly what this is trying that this is what this move is trying to do but he's also a pretty good offensive coordinator i mean he did some pretty good things with the packers but he also had aaron Rodgers, and he had matt lafleur um yeah so this this one I'm I'm much le- I'm much more skeptical of. Again, it's a coordinator. Maybe he's the right guy, you know, for this job. Uh, but 
they're putting a lot of uh, eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket with this hire. Yeah. Now the Bears, they hired the Colts defensive coordinator. Uh, they hired Matt Eberflus as their new head coach. And then they hired Ryan Poles, the Chiefs executive director of player personnel, as their new GM. Poles is actually a former player who played for the Bears in the 2008 offseason. He then turned into a scouting assistant for the Chiefs, who then uh, worked his way up the player personnel department in Kansas City. Um, but I was actually very surprised by this move with the Bears going with a defensive-minded guy when they just drafted Justin Fields. They need to find an identity, really, with Justin Fields as their quarterback. I just didn't think they were going to go yeah. with a defensive-minded guy. I think the thought process here is they're – they're the Bears. They're they're a defensive, gritty, run the ball. Yeah, it makes sense. Cold weather, cold weather team, uh, and and I think you know sometimes they try to like get the offensive guy because that's not what they're good at. But why don't we just double down on what we're really good at uh, and and become that Bears franchise that everybody really knows is monsters of the midway, and, and uh, with with offensive coordinators, you know you don't necessarily have to hire the head coach. There's so many good young offensive minds out there. You you. You hire the right offensive coordinator uh, for Justin Fields in this offense. You don't; he doesn't have to be your head coach and your culture guy. He can come in and call play, get the right play caller for you. You know, because a lot of these guys, a lot of head coaches are their hires and their play callers. Well, what's very interesting, Tyler, is you bring up the history of the Bears, and if people don't know the history of the Bears, the 1985 Bears that won the Super Bowl—that's the second greatest defense of all time. Mike Dicka and Buddy Ryan didn't speak to each other. The the offense, oh yeah, the which head coach is a great, and the defensive, great, great the, story. Like the head coach and the defensive coordinator didn't talk to each other. He, he, Dicka ran the uh, Dicka ran the defense, and Buddy Ryan ran the offense. And you'd be surprised at how many NFL teams out there are like that. Not as not necessarily the rift between, not the relationship aspect yeah. of it, but there's an offensive guy and there's a defensive guy for each of these franchises. Typically, one of them's the head coach. Yeah. And and the Bears just happened to be, you know, arguably the greatest defense ever and, and won them that Super Bowl. And that's why it was the only time, I think, ever where two coaches were carried off the field. Yeah, literally. They got carried off separately. Yep. <laughs> it was It's just crazy. That that 30 for 30 is a great 30 for 30. It is. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, the Bears, we'll see what, what happens with the new GM, new yeah, head coach. I, I like, I like um, certain franchises, like – doubling down on on their personality and and who they are yeah it, it just it makes sense to me and you know to have a defensive-minded guy in chicago just makes sense i mean yeah. that, i think that gives them the best chance to be competitive year in year out and that's what you're looking for uh not every franchise is looking at, you know or needs to look for just the guy that can win them a super bowl in the next three years you know sometimes some of these franchises need to do do things, you know, get a younger guy that's going to be your guy for 10 years. Yeah. Now, the Vikings, uh, their head coaching position is still vacant. Uh, they did hire uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa as their new GM last week. He was the Browns vice president of uh, football operations for the last two seasons. And then right before we started recording, there were reports that came out uh, that Jim Harbaugh interviewed for the job in Minnesota he turned it down. He's going to be returning to Michigan. And then the Minnesota Vikings are now going to be targeting the Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. He is the front runner for the job in Minnesota. And all reports are saying that that will likely be finalized after the Super Bowl. So the Vikings are essentially hiring Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, 
for their head coaching position. Another Sean McVay assistant getting poached from the Rams. That is now, I believe, three or four off seasons in a row where he has had assistants getting no, poached that, from him. That's how it goes. I mean, the Seahawks had had that run. Oh uh, yeah, in the early in the you know about maybe ten, eight, ten years ago with with uh, with with Bevel and uh, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn and Gus Bradley and all yeah. those guys. Yeah. So that leaves the Dolphins. That's what happens when you're good. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good thing, I think. No, it's it's a testament to to the guys that Sean McVay's hiring. So yep. it's it's it sucks that the Rams have to keep hiring new head coaches, but it's good for these guys getting new opportunities and better opportunities. Even. Yeah, 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 yeah. And McVay has has sustained success through it all. Right. Uh, so that leaves the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Saints as the only teams without a head coach right now. And and the Jaguars' job is just not attractive to a lot of people. We kind of spoke about it a little bit, but yeah, their their upper management and ownership is has not been great. And I don't uh, know how attractive the Dolphins' head coaching and, position and, is and right now, now either. And now the Dolphins—that's what I was about to say. Now all of a sudden, the Dolphins' job is worse when the Dolphins' job was actually a good job. Yeah, before we I found think, out what their owner was doing. I think now it's tough to touch it. Yeah, especially until I mean, all that gets figured out. Yeah, I mean, you really just, yeah, you don't know. You don't know the future of this franchise right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the Saints job is is really interesting. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see where they go because they don't, you know, they've got a weird roster. they got to find some direction. They've got a roster that's built for Breeze and Peyton. <laughs> and neither one of those guys are there, so. Not anymore. It's tough. But, all right, um, one last thing uh, before we get out of here, Tyler. Obviously, we have to talk about Tom Brady retiring. On Saturday, though, Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington from ESPN reported that Tom Brady was retiring from the NFL after 22 years. They reported that he knew he was walking off the field for the last time after the loss for the Rams, uh, loss to the Rams, excuse me, and that his family, his health, uh, and even the fact that the Buccaneers were most likely going to be going through a lot of roster turnover all contributed basically to the decision to for Brady to retire. Um, they also mentioned that Brady didn't want a farewell tour. He was just going to do it kind of quietly in the offseason. He didn't. That fits his personality for sure. Yeah, he, he didn't want any, want any added drama to the announcement, which obviously kind of backfired now with it getting spoiled a few days before. Um, after... Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter kind of spoiled it. Brady came out on Monday and said, I'm still going through the process. It's going to take some time. And he was pressed on a timeline and he was just like, I don't know. I don't know. And then yesterday morning, he posts a long message on Instagram announcing his retirement from the NFL after 22 years. Um, I have all of his stats. If you want me to run through them. No, I got (laughs) no. We, the only stats to talk about Brady are the random ones. I got a stat for you. Go for it. Tom Brady is second all time in receiving yards after the age of 40. What? So Jerry Rice, first place, 2,169 yards. Tom Brady, second place all time, six yards. Third place, zero, no one. Tom Brady is. What? Tom Brady's second all time in receiving yards after the age of 40. There's never been a receiver to play past. 40 years old other than Jerry Rice? Not make a catch. Or or a catch for positive yards. Uh, Or or a I mean, yeah, I don't see any. There's, yeah, there's zero. I think that would be up there. That's wild. Those are the kind of stats you have to talk about with Brady. Everybody knows that he's first in every single major category. Yes. 
he's first in every single major category. It's it's uh, you know, he he has zero, no losing seasons. It's as a starter, it's crazy. Passing yards, passing huh. touchdowns, wins, wins percentage, yeah, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins, Super Bowl MVP. Literally everything. It, you know, it's become like a, it's become a uh, uh, a game to try and find the most ridiculous Tom Brady stat. I I he has more playoff wins. Uh, than the Dallas Cowboys. That's that's that was my favorite one that we found out this year. Um, and I think that he's actually. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, he's actually like sixth or seventh all time in playoff wins for teams. There's only like <laughs> there's only like five or six franchises that have more playoff wins than Tom Brady. Yeah, he has as many Super Bowls as the the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. Who has the most ever? Right. Yeah. Well, them and the Patriots, they're tied. The Patriots got one before Brady. I think the Patriots have six. Oh, is it six? Well, Brady has one more than the Patriots, I thought. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, I mean, regardless, those are the kind of stats that I think that you have to talk about when you talk about Brady. Uh, it's tough. I mean, there's nothing we can really say that, that people don't know. He's the greatest football player ever. What did you think of the Patriots fans getting mad he didn't mention them or the Patriots in that Instagram post? I thought it was the most self entitled new england boston patriots sports fan thing i've ever seen but i also thought it was one of the pettiest moves of all time by tom and i loved it yeah yeah i i mean i don't really know what the motive was behind all that i think there's you know? a rift yeah yeah that's 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 what i mean so it's it's tough to speak on but it's something that's it's so it's something that's so dramatic that it, it has to be something yeah it's not it's not for not it, it wasn't it, it was premeditated you know, to not mention one Patriot, you don't just like forget about the Patriots. Yeah, there was a reason for all of that, and and I also think that you know he he really did want to show like love and admiration for the the team that he played on this season. Well, and he said goodbye to the Patriots two years ago. Yeah, exactly. So there's 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 a couple sides to it, but it definitely was something. It's I mean, it meant something. Yeah. And I mean, yes, Tyler, you you are correct. He is the greatest quarterback of all He's time. He's done us both dirty. He, yes, I mean, ever, he, if you, you really you really haven't lived the NFL life until Tom Brady does you dirty. Yeah. Hey, and I was rooting for the St. Louis Rams when he beat them uh, in the snow. I mean, everybody was rooting against those Patriot teams. Yeah. And listen, I mean, he's always also going to be associated with cheating. But that has to be no, a part he, of yeah. His I mean, I think I think almost everybody has some sort of like smudge on the record. There's For no, sure, there's, there's no perfect human being in any regards, um, and and that's that's fine. I, I I don't have any issues with him being tied to these because it doesn't change anything to me. Exactly, he still went out there and did the damn thing. I bring I bring up the cheating stuff because I'm a petty Los Angeles sports fan when it comes to that stuff. But when I saw Tom Brady come back against the Falcons 28 to 3 in that Super Bowl. That was the day I stopped debating that he was the greatest quarterback of all time. And that was fucking he was 40 years old. Yeah, you know what I mean? It so that's He won this, another Super Bowl guy, after that. This guy is is legend is is like legendary, you know, one of the greatest uh one of the greatest athletes ever. No, and and Tyler, it was funny when we were talking about uh a little bit ago in the show when I was talking about going to my grandparents' house and seeing all the memorabilia and stuff. And you were talking about how our grandparents and that generation had it so good with sports and the accessibility and all of that. They had it 
good as well in that aspect. They had it good in terms of the greats that they got to see, but I really think our generation ha- has the greatest crop yeah. of talent. Well, and they, you know, what what they had in access as far as that kind of like fun stuff, you know, like meeting people and going to it, being we're able to getting the social it. media and even getting to see a more personal we, aspect. Yeah, yeah, like accessibility may not be the right word because we have like ultimate accessibility. But accessibility has changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. The things that they had accessibility to were seemed cool to us, like affordable Lakers tickets. You know, getting to meet a team. Uh, buying, uh, getting autographs, in sneaking person. into sneaking into stadiums to see games for free before nine eleven. It's nah, like there nah, weren't security it, protocols like there were today. No, nah, no. Nah. It's, but I, it, Tom Brady is one of the greatest athletes of all time. He's no, we got it's the fact that this generation, you know, even even if you take in like Jordan and Griffey and Bonds and, and Brady and Kobe and you know Shaq and all, I mean Manning, the, the, this payment, yeah, it's been a it's been an incredible era. And those Tiger. Are all, and those, yeah, and those are only from a couple sports. Michael so. Phelps. So, um, Simone Brady, Biles. And Brady Brady might be the best of all those guys, you know? Serena Williams. Like, it, it is, uh, it's tough to argue that he's not better at football than anyone else has been at a sport. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. And, and, it's, and I think, you know, he, he he's, an, he's influenced an entire generation to approach careers differently. And oh. I think that's his... I think that's the big mark that he left. Like, obviously, the record books are riddled with his name, but people like LeBron, you know, I was going to say and LeBron Tom, got Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, they're showing people how to approach a career, start taking care of your body, and 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 squeezing out every every ounce of it. Um, it's it's pretty amazing. Forty four. That's unbelievable. It's it's crazy. I mean, Tom Brady has played in the NFL my entire life. And he's not going to be in the NFL next year, which one is great because he's not going to beat my team ever again. No, but two, it's like Tom Brady's never going to be in the NFL again. It's like we may never see something like that again. No, no, it's the end of an era. It's the end of an era. It's it's always tough to watch these watch these guys walk away. And he's walking away. You know, first first he he led the league in yards and touchdowns in his very last season he never fell off so if P- if he were to win the mvp this year i don't think people would be that upset i saw a meme and it was like uh players that retired way too early and it was like Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, uh Patrick Willis, Tom Brady <laughs> it, it was it was pretty good <laughs> that's awesome but all right um you got anything else before we get out of here tyler um I mean, no, just just uh, oh, the, the, I forgot. the yeah. Washington Washington football team. Yes, we gotta we gotta shout out uh, the Washington football team. They announced that their new name is the Washington Commanders. Uh, they went with that name because of the military aspect and connection to Washington D.C. being the nation's capital. Um, people are already making jokes. It's it's <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, it's always gonna be. You're always gonna get laughed at. I've seen it, it's. I don't know how many times I have seen someone like not get mocked for this. I mean, name. but this is a bad one, I think. Their colors are red and red. yellow. I think, red and yellow. I think I and think everybody that, is shortening the commanders to the Washington commies as yeah. in communists. No, no, and, it, no, that whole <laughs> that whole aspect of it is a bad bad look. I mean, the red the red unis commanders, it's it's not it's not Let's great. Let's go commies. Yeah, it's not great. Here we go, commies. Just, Here uh, we go. It just sounds like a generic ass name. I mean, but uh, you know, when I heard the Texans, the Wizards, 
the the Bobcat, the Thunder, the Thunder, like all of those have been pretty bad. Yeah, none of them are super cool. But if they win, no one's going to care what they're called. No, it's true. And I just I liked Washington football team. Honestly, it was starting we, to grow we, on like, me. We like grew. I feel like the football community like grew to love it. Yeah, I definitely had heard that from a couple of people I, today. Are you? Are you a? Uh, and this is not my world. So if I misspeak, let me know. But are you? Is it PFT commentator? Yeah. Okay. He yeah. changed his PFT Twitter. commentator. Yeah. He cha- changed his his name. Did he? And now it's it's PFT commander. That's funny. I did not know that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I like he's like the one guy. He's a barstool guy, right? Yeah, he's yeah, on part he's, of my take. I think he's he's like the one that I follow the most. He's hilarious. Uh, he's he's funny. Yeah. He, so he's a fan of the Washington football team or the yeah. Washington Commanders. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. No, but when I saw him change it to PFT uh, Commander, Commander, I was that's like, awesome. damn, that's that's pretty good. That's, that's funny. Good. But what what's even better is is they. We're planning on announcing it today. Like they're starting their 90th year celebration as a franchise yeah, and all it was like of that. Two, two, twenty-two. Right. Did you see what happened last night? No. A news chopper in DC flew over the stadium. Went. Did oh, a, saw the end zones and stuff. Not the end zone, but did a close-up of some window, and you could see the reflection, and it read Commanders. So everybody knew last night. It got spoiled, and it was just like, of course, this is happening to this team. Yeah. Whatever. That's. It's just. Uh, it's a it's a pretty uh yeah i wish they would have played off the pigs you know I, that with yeah, the fans. red hogs yeah red hogs razorbacks like could have went red wolves anything it, I, I just I, I wish they would have went with that but i understand like where that what they were going for but they blew it yeah but all right with that that wraps up episode 232 of the tsk show for tyler Pacholki. I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Sports Kingdom show. Peace.